2: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last,
3: make every tap
2: music to your ears.
3: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and in straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: The Volume.
0: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for Monday, September. Yes, September 4th. The calendar is correct. It's the first week of the NFL. Everybody get excited. More importantly, your boy's back. I'm healthy, I think. We shall see if the voice holds up. I'll get into it shortly. Uh, I did miss, apparently, a lot. A lot was happening. Uh, College football. Oh, boy. Tons happened in college football. Um, NFL, I had some fantasy drafts, uh, won another championship in my men's league, which I know everybody cares about. Um, But first, I guess we should start about talking where the hell I was. I'll try to condense this. Also, programming note, I will be having at least two guests to preview week one of the NFL this week. My boy T.A., you guys remember him from way back during the radio show. Um, I don't know. He doesn't want his face on video because he has a job. You know, a real job. You Remember, like, what I was doing back in the day when I started the blog anonymously? He's kind of doing his thing um, with football gambling. He's been very good. I've been talking to him, geez, 10 years now. Um, And by special request, uh, Mr. Baker, the winner in the past and top five guy uh, when it comes to the big Vegas gambling contest, he's going to come on later in the week. So lots of picks coming on the NFL front. Uh, Also, another programming note, I will be hosting one hour of The Herd Today, it's just from 11 to 12 Pacific. Uh, apparently, there's drag racing on on Labor Day. Who knew? And uh, the final hour of the show will just be me. No wingman, no cowherd. He's back Tuesday. Just me riffing for an hour. And um, it, it takes galore because, you know, this is what I do. Okay, so where the hell was I? Um, you guys know this. I went on a vacation uh, in August. We went to Hawaii. And while I was there, I got sick. And I just increasingly kept getting worse. I was struggling to breathe at times. Now, we were at altitude, visited some volcanoes, as I'm sure you saw on Instagram. Uh, And then the flight back, I guess, you know, six-hour flight from Hawaii, things got worse. And, you know, I get back, and I'm feeling like total ass. And, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm sure you heard me that Monday on the herd. I sounded terrible. They were like, dude, do you want to take a sick day? I was like, I don't take sick days, okay? Um And then that Monday night, I like wake up in the middle of the night struggling to breathe. I'm like, F this. I'm going to the ER. But I was all hopped up on Benadryl and Robitussin. And I didn't really do a good job of finding the closest hospital. So I drive to what's known as UCLA Harbor Hospital. Later, two doctor friends told me, bro, are you out of your mind? You only go to UCLA Harbor if you were in a major car accident or you have a gunshot wound. Never go there. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, Also... Robitussin and Benadryl? Yes, at the same time. So I end up walking into the ER at about 2.30 in the morning and there's like 40 people there. I'm like, what is going on? Give me a break. So anyways, they quickly swab me up. They're like, you don't have COVID. You don't have strep. You don't have RSV. You don't have anything. I was like, well, I got something. I'm dying here. And they were like, it's about a three hour wait to see the doctor. I was like, I'm not doing that. I got to go to work. So I headed home, showered up. That's when I said on the herd that I went to the ER and blah, blah, blah. So the next day, my wife's like, listen. Just go to the ENT, see what the deal is. So I talked to a friend who was a fairly prominent doctor. He gets me into instantly with a good ENT. He shoves that camera up my nose. He comes out with good news, bad news. Good news is it's just a ton of mucus, and we can resolve that. It'll take about a week to 10 days. You know, we get this, and basically, I don't know if anybody's had allergies, but uh, you use this thing called the neti pot. I got like a neti pot on steroids. Um, that you go buy over the counter. It was like 100 bucks. Anyways, I had to do that. Oh, but the bad news is uh, there's like a cyst growing in your throat. And it's, you know, fairly significant in size. So we should get that out. And I'm like, what the heck? Okay. So um, I quickly schedule it. They're like, you know, it's, you're probably going to be out of action for anywhere from three to seven, 10 days in that range, depending how, you know, how the surgery goes. So I was like, let's just get it over with. Cowherd was already taken vacation. So I was like, fine, uh, I'll take the surgery. And they're like, we're going to go under. We're not going to cut you open. We're just going to go in and laser it out, and we'll pull the cyst out. I was like, all right. Uh, so I've only been under once for a colonoscopy. Obviously, I recommend that for everyone. And I'm getting nervous. You know, like you don't know what they're going to find. And I go under. I wake up, and I'm like, oh, my throat's killing. They're like, well, what's the pain level? I'm like, it's, a, it's at least a 9 or 10 out of 10. It's really bad. So they're like, all right, we got some oxycodone for you. Um, I was like, wonderful. So they give it. I've never tucked in oxycodone before. I take it. I don't remember the car ride home. I don't remember anything. Oh, I was just in a fog. Go to sleep. You know, apparently Oxy's super dangerous. You got to be careful. I know that. Um, but then they send me an image of the cyst. Now, I'm not going to show you. I've shown my friends and buddies, but um, it's fairly significant. And it was like an orange rock growing in my throat. They run tests, biopsies, not cancerous, got the clean bill of health. But they said basically no talking for a week. And I said, you know, Doc, I got, I got, I got my, my championship basketball game in two days. He's like, you can't play. You just had surgery. I was, he's like, you can't play. I was like, what do you mean I can't play? It's a championship. I worked all season for this, dude. He's like, listen, you can't put any stress on your throat because you don't know what's going to happen. The wound from us lasering it out, uh, lasering it open to pull the cyst out. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. You could be coughing up blood. Like, it's not smart. I was like, fine. Of course, you know, we get semifinals. I'm like, I'll sit. We got this. and We won. But I got to play in the championship. I have to play in the championship. At least a couple minutes of garbage time. But there it, it was really... Not any garbage time, but our team was, you know, and I, I, I'm like fiery on the bench, but I got to be quiet. And I noticed there's a moment where I'm like, you know what? I could just go in. Let me go in for 90 seconds. And folks, I, I'm, ki- I'm not even joking. The, vi- the game's on YouTube. You can see it. It was one of those moments like the stuff dreams are made of. You know, we're up, I don't know, one or three, late first half. And, you know, I go in and I'm, I'm basically like floating around the three-point line as usual. And it just so happens my guy lost me within 15 seconds going in the game. I get the ball, first shot up, and it goes in. And, you know, our bench erupted. And um, the teams that were in the semifinals, one of them who knows me a little bit from, from the show and the podcast, his whole team stuck around because they, they like us, you know, nice guys. Young dudes, like 25-year-old guys. And they're all freaking out. But here's the craziest part. So I make that shot. It's all exciting. The other team comes down. And they have like a wacky turnover and we have a run out, a three on one break. I go to the corner and I get, I'm open. The guy hits me with the pass and I put the shot up and I'm not even joking. I was like, I was like, this can't be real. This is not real. But it rimmed out. Uh, I could hear everybody go, oh, like they were like, holy cow. That almost went in back to back threes instantly. Um, So I sprint down court and my teammate takes a charge and I go, yeah, I'm all fired up. I'm pumping the fist and I'm like, all right, I need to come out. (laughs) I instantly came out of the game because... Tired, and then that was was basically it um, for your boy. But um, I'm healing. I think I'll be fine. And now let's get to sports. I debated whether to start with NFL because nothing huge happened at the end of preseason. We could talk about the Arizona Cardinals. I have a strong take on that. I'll I'll use it on the herd, but it's like the Arizona Cardinals. Who cares? Um, The Jonathan Taylor thing, nothing happened. No big deal. Um, Some week one lines on the move.
2: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
4: you get your podcasts. I think we have to start with what went down in Colorado TCU Saturday afternoon. I do need to add, my I, I have Spectrum Cable out here in LA. And Spectrum Cable has been great. That's how you watch the Lakers, all that stuff. Folks, they're in a dispute with ESPN right now. And as a result, if you're a Spectrum cable owner, you're not getting any ESPN games or ABC games. So, like, I, I, I'm devastated as a sports fan. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I can, I can stream games illegally. I can go to a buddy's house. Um, you can't watch it on your phone. They're blocked on the app. It's, like, really bad. And as a result, I'm going to be dropping Spectrum in the next 24 hours if this doesn't sort itself out. I can't not have it. So I'll be going, a lot of people are saying Sling TV is like a decent option, and then YouTube TV, so I'll be exploring those two. If you have any thoughts, certainly hit me up um, on social media. I'd love to hear. At any rate, I am able to watch um, Colorado TCU. It was a Fox game, and I've been making fun of Colorado like most people because they have, I think, seven returning uh, starters, I think that's the number. Seven returning. Uh, let me get it. I'm sorry. Three. Colorado has three returning starters. Nine scholarship players back. They have 87 new players. This is a team that won one game last year. They were 21 point underdogs at TCU, and so I watched the you know first drive. I'm like, oh, Dion's kid. Uh, he, he's nice. But that was probably a scripted drive that they've been working on all summer. They put that package in. I get it. And then the weird thing is, it continued. And Deion's kid throws for 500 yards. He has a fourth down, like, dump off that goes for a score late in the game. And it's the go-ahead touchdown. Uh, TCU fails on uh, on their final possession. And Colorado, as a three-touchdown underdog on the road, wins outright. 45-42. And everybody's freaking out. Deion Sanders was the story of the sports weekend. I'm not Mr. Negative. I'm not. I just need some clarity, okay? Number one. This is not the same TCU football team that lost to Georgia in the natty. This is not the same TCU team that beat Michigan in the semifinal. It's just not. We know they won 13 games last year in the offseason. Max Duggan, their quarterback, graduated. Offensive coordinator, moved on. Top two running backs, gone. Top three receivers, gone. College football, there's a lot of turnover. Okay, TCU lost a lot of guys. My first glance, they look like maybe a 500 team this year. I don't know. In that ballpark, they're not going to be a threat in the Big 12. TCU will not. So that, that perspective needed to be there. Now, obviously, what Dion did was incredible. You go from one win to an unbelievable uh, victory. One win last year to an unbelievable win at TCU as a heavy underdog. That's impressive. Now, it's pretty clear that the market sorely misjudged, A, Colorado this year, and B, TCU. Colorado was not expected to win this game or be competitive. And you just look at their offensive machine was like, what do we have here? I mean, Sanders looked like an NFL quarterback. (coughs) This is mind you, a guy I had to look this up. Sanders had offers from FSU, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. So he was no pushover. Obviously he ended up going to Jackson state with his dad and they crushed it. The other kid that had a massive game is Travis Hunter. And I'll be honest, This kid, first of all, let's start. Travis Hunter is a dual threat, cornerback, wide receiver. He was highly touted as a cornerback coming out, very talented and skilled wide receiver. This guy is a borderline superstar. I saw the comparisons to Otani, a little silly. Um, But 144 snaps is pretty incredible. He was tested nine times, only gave up three completions, and had the red zone interception that was big. And then the more interesting to me as a receiver— Okay, he was going up against a preseason All-American quarterback, uh, the kid Newton, uh, Josh Newton at TCU. And he lit him up. Newton got beat up badly. Like he got exposed. And Travis Hunter just came out and crushed him. And you're like, who can two players win in college football? And the answer is not really. The real answer is this is the new college football. Okay, we saw not only Colorado win as a big upset, but Texas State was a 27 point dog against Baylor and one outright. These two teams, through the transfer portal, were able to rebuild their entire program in essentially a heartbeat. They're bringing in over 30 and 40 guys through the portal. And the days of, we got a new coach. It's going to take them a few years. That's out the window. That stuff's gone. The new formula is, let's bring in a coach. Let's hit the transfer portal hard. Let's get a bunch of new starters. Forget about bringing these high school 18, 19 year olds up. Why don't we just hit the portal and grab 20, 21 year olds who've proven themselves? And, you know, I don't think we're going to talk a lot about the FSU beatdown of LSU uh, Sunday night, but FSU went to the portal, grabbed a kid named Keon Coleman from Michigan State, 6'4, 215. Oh, three touchdowns in his first game with FSU. It's like that's how quickly you can rebuild a program by hitting the transfer portal. Now, What's going to hurt is the lowest tier programs are going to essentially become feeder programs to schools. The the way people joke that the Florida Marlins are like a feeder system to the rest of MLB. We're going to find the diamonds in the rough, and then we're going to sell them off to you guys. We're going to trade them for a ton. And in college football, though, (laughs) there's no trade. You sign awesome kids or middling kids. They explode and pop, and hopefully you can hold on to them. Otherwise— they're going to go to FSU. Now, Michigan State to FSU is interesting. But a lot of the guys Colorado got, Deion Sanders is like a name. Okay? People are going to easily – Deion Sanders is calling you. He wants you to transfer. Oh, primetime? Now, I know Dion was in the 90s. A lot of these guys who are playing college football now, they're born in the 2000s. Uh, most – I would say all of them. I'm sure there's a couple 24-, 25-year-olds out there. But by and large, they didn't know Deion primetime. But their parents did. Hey, Dad, Deion Sanders called me, and its parents are going to freak out. That's obvious. Deion Sanders, that guy's a legend. One of the best cornerbacks in the history of the sport. And he's now becoming a major disruptor in college football, not just because of the transfer portal, but his attitude and demeanor. I mean, I saw a a, a thing as small as, um, you know, teams put the C for captain on players' jerseys. Right? You put the C on it, you're a captain, you go do the coin toss, okay? Deion Sanders has a new thing, okay? Where he apparently, and I have the the exact thing in my phone, instead of um, having captains, Deion Sanders now has a thing where it's called L for leader, D for dog. Captains are out. It's now leaders and dogs. They will go out and do the coin toss. They're your team leaders, So it's not only that, though. He's now going into press conferences, and when people raise their hand to ask a question after the game, he's like, hold up, hold up. I remember you. You were a doubter. Do you believe now? We don't see coaches do that. Nick Saban won't go that far. Deion Sanders is younger. He's a little brash. He's abrasive. He's not going to be for everybody. He's talking the talk, and eventually there will come a time where he will not back it up. We get that. He's not going to be able to back it up every game. But to come out like this opening weekend, run your mouth all summer, Go on the road, play a team that just played for the natty. We know they're not that good, but again, the the average fan doesn't know that. To beat them and then talk more. I think this is going to be a massive boon to the Colorado Buffaloes program. TCU apparently had, it was like they decided to make this a big recruiting game where a bunch of high school kids were invited to that game. Potential TCU recruits. How many of those guys do you think were like, damn, Colorado looks good. understand Stan, what more years is he going pro? What's, it, what's going on here, Dion? I, I mean, they look like a real player. Now, I don't think they're going to go and win eight, nine, ten games, okay? Will they hit their overtotal? Maybe, we'll see. Schedule ain't easy. But this is what's super interesting next week. So Vegas puts out their lines for week one and week two way early in the summer. We had... Uh, Brad Powers on, uh, before I had the surgery, who talked about this game. Nebraska, it was a seven and a half point favorite in week two against Colorado. Seven and a half point favorite. So, Colorado beats TCU. Nebraska loses a close one. And Sunday, the lines come out. And Colorado is now favored. It's up to three as we record this. So, the line has moved from... Nebraska by 7.5 to Colorado by 3. That's a a 10.5-point swing in one game. Now, that's what I like to call a minor overreaction. I'm not touching Colorado, okay? I think the only bet here has to be Nebraska and Matt Rule. Everybody's going to be hyping Colorado. Everybody's going to be hyping Hunter Sanders. They're going to be rock stars on campus. Colorado's going to have a tough time focusing on Nebraska this week, given everything that just went down. And don't think agents aren't going to be putting their runners out there, hey, uh, we need to focus on this Sanders guy. We need to get. We need to kind of get in touch with Hunter. We need to lay the groundwork because they look like pros. Now it's very early. It's one game. But the hype on social media, you turn on TV, any college football, it's all about Colorado. I, I, I would just pump the brakes a little bit. Impressive as hell, no doubt. And Colorado's going to be very, very good. Eventually. But I would just caution this. We're going to the playoff. Dion's coach of the year. Sanders for the Heisman. Let's let's just slow down. I know we don't like to preach caution anywhere because it's got to be uh, all gas, no breaks. Uh, you know, Jason likes to preach a little bit of caution. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye on some of these transfer portal teams. Um, Texas State and Colorado were two of the biggest ones. But the portal. Uh, Sam Hartman, the new quarterback at Notre Dame, is now two and zero again. Easy wins. Um, but the transfer portal is the new. Uh, game changer in college football. And I think Deion Sanders is going to be a massive disruptor in the sport. Remember, this is a guy who a year ago interviewed for the TCU job. They gave it to Sonny Dykes. He ended up going to the 90. Deion now goes to Colorado. People are like, what are you going to Colorado for? Deion Sanders wins his first game. And who knows what's next for the Buffaloes. Um, I do want to pivot quickly to the NFL Nothing colossal happened while I was gone, thank goodness. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did get a start for the Jets. Yes, I saw it. Um, Very exciting. Um, I guess the biggest news that I saw (laughs) related to my Jets is that Von Miller will be on the pup list to start the season, out for the first four games. That's huge for the Jets. They don't have to face him. I'd like to remind you at this time, last year in the season opener, Rams-Bills, Rams coming off the Super Bowl, I think they sacked Stafford nine times. Nine sacks against Stafford and that offensive line. Jets' offensive line is a weakness. It sounds like Becton's going to start on the right, Dwayne Brown on the left. And we'll see how they hold up. But no Von Miller. That's kind of big. Also no Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. He's on the pup list, squabbling with Jim Irsay. Uh, Just file this away. I'm going to talk more about it later in the week. Indianapolis Colts owner last year decided to call an audible after they fired their coach and bring in Jeff Saturday, who was on the studio set for ESPN. It was a resounding failure, an embarrassment to the organization. And Jim say looked like a clown, which is kind of on brand for him. So how does he follow that up? I don't know. Eight months later, he decides to pick a fight with his well-respected running back, Jonathan Taylor, who if you uh, – some of the stories that are trickling out of that locker room is Jonathan Taylor is, like, loved by everybody. He's a nice guy. He's, very, he's like a leader on the team. And the, the owner, for no reason at all, picks a fight with his star running back. And then that star running back down on the pup list to start the season. I, I'll just give you a hint of where I'm going. Here's a breadcrumb. If you are going to be the number one pick and the Colts somehow get the number one pick and they decide, oh, we, we want that quarterback. I know we just drafted Richardson. Who cares? Are you going to pull an Elway or an Eli Manning and just say, I'm not going there? I think that's well within your right. You don't want to be anywhere near an owner like that. I I certainly know I wouldn't want to be, but I'm not going to be the number one pick like Caleb Williams is. Uh, It's not going to be Drake May. Drake May looked good. Caleb Williams looked fantastic. But we'll do more on college later in the week. Allstate wants to
0: remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage,
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app,
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I guess the one NFL take I've been marinating on, I started to read more. So the Trey Lance thing went down right before uh, we took a little hiatus. And it's starting to become increasingly clear that Jerry Jones did this by himself. He didn't consult McCarthy on whether or not Trey Lance would be a value add to the quarterback room. At least it doesn't sound like he did. Maybe he's bluffing and putting up a front. But everything I've read is Jerry Jones has said, that's value, I want it. And I did have this take several months back that this is a massive Massive season for Dak Prescott. And if you can start to read the tea leaves, they paid Zach Martin. They just gave a huge crap ton of money to Terrence Steele. Um, they let Zeke go. They got Pollard. They gotta pay Micah Parsons. They gotta pay, I think CD Lamb's next. And You guys might remember this take, but I said, look at who Dallas has lost to in the playoffs the last two years. Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners in a game where Dak and Kellen Moore, whoever you want to blame it on, vomited all over themselves on the final drive. And then Dak and Kellen Moore could not get the offense generating anything against the Niners also in the playoffs. One was at home, one was on the road. Either way, Dak, a higher-paid quarterback, lost to... Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. And I'm just, I, I put this out there and, and I, I didn't get a lot of pushback. I guess people just didn't love the take. But I said, if I were Jerry Jones, I would seriously look at building everything around a roster. And they have arguably the best defense on paper in the leagues with the addition of Gilmore, that defensive line. They're going to be good. They're going to be really good. They got good receivers, offensive line, they're paying people. We'll see about Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. But Dak Prescott is the big question. I wanted to spot track and I looked up his contract. Did you guys know that there's an out in his deal after the season? Dak led the league in interceptions last year despite missing five games. He was not good. I know people want to say he's a top 10 quarterback. Fine. Uh, If you want to say that, that's fine. Doesn't mean a hill of beans to me. Um, So let's just put this together. Your... Owner decides, well, owner slash GM. I'm going to go pick up this quarterback that didn't do anything in San Fran. The coach says, I'm getting rid of Kellen Moore. I want to call the shots. Who do you think is the next to go in Dallas? Like, Let's just say they have a good season. They they haven't reached a conference championship game in 25 years or whatever. Let's say they lose in the second round of the playoffs. Who's to blame? Is it going to be McCarthy? Is it going to be Dak? It's going to be one of those two, or possibly both. I mean, I think McCarthy, the easy fix is you just slide Dan Quinn in a coach. He's a defensive guy. Perfect. Right? Not what I would do, but I think for Dallas, it's a seamless transition. That defense is going to carry the team this year. And then it becomes, what do you do at quarterback? Are you going to pay Dak a crap ton of money to be mediocre? Because that's what he was. The numbers do not say Dak has been an excellent quarterback and the turnover numbers are bad. The playoff numbers are worse. Cooper Rush versus Trey Lance, is that your preseason battle next year in Dallas? If the Cowboys come up short, is Cooper Rush versus Trey Lance the Dallas Cowboys quarterback quandary next offseason? Because there is an out in Dak's contract after this season. There's still $61 million in dead cap and I know people are going to freak out at that. In the grand scheme of thing, that's not that bad. Because otherwise, are well, you going to extend Dak for, what, three more years? $120 million? <laughs> what are you doing? To do what? Dak's not getting you over the hump in any of these games. I don't know, folks. I- I- I've never been a huge Dak Prescott guy. I think he's underwhelmed in the playoffs. I mean, if you want to give him the win over Tampa Bay great. Congrats, Dak. You're one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, and you have now two playoff wins, I think. When are you going to win a game that matters in the postseason? And th- I think that's the biggest question in the NFC, because honestly, Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts has been a great quarterback for one year. That's it. It was one year. You're, look before that, guys. Nothing. Brock Purdy, eight starts. That's your competition in the NFC. So, based on what Dak's being paid, isn't he the best quarterback of the NFC contenders? Now, people say Jalen Hurts, but I'm just saying, like, Jalen Hurts had one great season. Dak's been around a lot longer. Like, it's weird. We love Jalen Hurts all of a sudden for one awesome season. Great, he was, he was phenomenal. Almost won the MVP. Would have had my vote if I had one, even though he missed, like, two games late. Yet, for Russell Wilson struggling last year. Oh, he might be washed. He's not not top 10. Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, I don't know. He, he kind of washed he, off one year, but Jalen Hurts has one year. Obviously he's younger. And it's like, wow, Jalen Hurts is the man. I, uh, listen, I, a lot of overreactions. And maybe I'm doing paralysis by analysis, but the more I look at this NFL season, the more uncertain I am about a lot of things. And it's really going to have to be a week to week journey as opposed to making like, hey, I, I really think this is going to happen full season. I mean, between the injuries and sh- shocking teams and crap teams, like, season's a long slog. I'm starting to feel good about week one. Beyond that, who the hell knows? All right, will be back tomorrow breaking down week one with one of my buddies. Um, after that, I think we'll do college football. And then, of course, we got Mr. Baker coming on later in the week. It's going to be a big, big week for NFL. Lions Chiefs is Thursday night. Gosh, I can't wait for the season to start.